Hey, Crow. Yes. Do you know the Muffin Man? Do I know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. Well, I know quite a few Muffin Men. Which one? Where does this one live? Um, I believe it was Drury Lane. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Where is Drury Lane located in the U.S.? I don't know. Hey, we should probably answer some questions from other people instead of trying to figure this out. Because the Muffin Man doesn't have any questions. You have questions. Oh, dang! <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am a tech reel. I'm Amy. <laughs> How many Y's is it in that spelling? Don't ask questions. But they no, we're supposed to be. Oh, okay. They, they ask the questions. They ask the questions. Okay, I see. I catch on. Oh my God! Welcome to Cytology, folks. This is the Q and A episode. The second Q&A. one of those. Oh my God! We're doing our second oh. annual. It's not annual. Second Q and A. It'd be an interesting annual event if it happened every week. I mean, or every well, yeah. Form? Whoops. I think I forgot for a second what annual meant, and I was just like, that means recurring, right? It yeah. means celebratory. Is, celebratory. Is that true? No. Oh, it means what? every. <laughs> I. Huh. This is. Listen, I'm slowly walking into this episode. I'm like, hey, y'all. <laughs> I feel the same way about uh, life. Uh, I was going to say every other episode, but life, no, yeah. Fair, yeah. No, oh my god, but we got some questions uh, to answer. Well, yeah, we, y'all, y'all have asked us some questions and we're going to answer some because, you know, we've been talking a lot and now it's time for you to talk a little bit, so go ahead. Except these questions are going to make us talk even more. Oh, jeez. No, well, I backfired real quick. Ah, mm. oh, jeez. Man, we didn't really plan to be talking on this podcast. Yeah, it's not that's really great. No. <laughs> Anyways, shall we start with question number one? What's question number one, Tekro? Our question number one comes from Phoenix. Uh, do you like pizza? Oh. I mean, yeah. Same. Pizza's good. Yeah. I like cheese and pepperoni. I will argue... Um, because I live in Arkansas, there's a pizza place called Eureka Pizza. It's like only in that area. And I let Tech Girl have that Mm. once. And it's, it's my favorite. I let him have it once. That. I let him have it. I only let (laughs) him. You bestowed upon me the privilege. It's, it's Eureka Pizza. And then, um, on the Disney Cruise Line, Mm. there's Pinocchio's Pizza. Those are the two. I have some I objections with that one. Not what because I've mean? tried it, but because I'm just scared of anything themed after a puppet. No, it's How good. much Pinocchio is in this pizza place? Just he's just on the sign, Tech Girl. He's not mm-hmm. He's not in the pizza. <laughs> I didn't say he's in the pizza. I am not thinking we're grounding Pinocchio up and mixing what, him into the sauce part? and cheese. We talk about Blue's Clues characters and their defecation process, and then we go into talking about burning Pinocchio. This is terrible. There's something very validating about the fact that that came up again in an episode, and it wasn't my doing. So, thank you for that. Anyways, defecating Blue's Clues characters, eating Pinocchio, what could else come from this series? Oh, Lord. Degra, what's your favorite pizza place? Um, 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you said favorite pizza place, and I thought of that My one Smosh joke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even watch those Smosh videos, but I just know of that one reference through you, Amy. And that is just Not so good. Place. Um, Not sponsored, but please go check them out. Yeah. Um, Domino's favorite pizza place. I had Domino's once. I, I my favorite pizza place is Pizza Hut because it's just delicious. Don't shake your head. I did no. No, yes, it's delicious pizza, and also I like it because like unlike normal pizza, because I wouldn't categorize Pizza Hut as like typical normal pizza. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just, like, used to, like, New York pizza. But, like, like it's like that, like, softer pizza. You know, it's, like, thick and soft pizza is is, is Pizza Hut. It's mm-hmm. just tasty. It, it reminds oh, me a lot of Eureka pizza. Which is why I'm surprised that you don't approve of Pizza Hut. Well, I don't, I, I don't go there often enough. And I think mm. it's just a little... I think it's just a little greasy. For my taste. I mean, so is pizza. The ones I know. That's that's also fair. I was going to say, like, that. you cannot establish, like, the grease level. Like, there are definitely pizzas that are greasier than others, but more often than not, like, you eat pizza, you're going to expect some grease. I got to say, um, I, I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but you said, like, the baseline pizza or whatever you said, like, yeah. what the best pizza is or whatever. And... I used to think Eureka was the baseline pizza. Yeah. Like, that everyone had it. Mm-hmm. And then it was informed to me that it was only in my area. And I went, what? <laughs> no. It's a betrayal. What? No. No, no, no. No. And I, I'm still in denial to this day. I mean, fair. Um, I, I do not believe that any other pizza is not, is not baseline. That's so or- fair. See, I think pizza, in my first thought, is like, again, like New York pizza, like real thin like, you know, got got a nice little crisp to it, like pizza, like big slice. That was really loud. Big slice of pizza. <laughs> I'm so sorry to our Spotify listeners and every other person watching this podcast. That was a water sure you're listening and paying attention. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Keeping you on your toes. This is, this is a lazy episode, I guess. Apparently. I mean, fair enough. If any, if any episode is going to be like a slightly more like laid back episode, it's going to be the Q&A ones. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Pizza Hut is my pizza of choice. Also, because Pizza Hut breadsticks are just the best breadsticks. I just... At least they're not the Olive Garden breadsticks. What? At least they're not the Olive Garden breadsticks. Olive Garden breadsticks just... There's something... (laughs) This is going to sound real stupid. I'm sure I've mentioned it probably on this podcast before, but I don't know. Um, as you know, Amy, my threshold for the Uncanny Valley is very low in terms of, like, my (laughs) bar is real low for what counts as, like unsettling i'm the type of person who i i there are paw prints and blues clues that unsettle me so i'm i'm a strange case my point is olive garden breadsticks unsettle me i don't (laughs) you have to explain i'm confused (laughs) listen i no no i will um the, the thing is there's something so fake looking about Olive Garden breadsticks. They're almost too like they they look too perfect in a in a weird way. They're so freaking round. They, they don't look like a thing. They they look like play food. It doesn't look like real food to me. It's too perfectly like tubular like shaped and smooth. And it's like I look at it and I'm like that's not what food is supposed to look like. 
Tekrel, I think you should go get the manager at the Olive Garden that's nearest to you and tell him that. <laughs> tell him your, your breadsticks are too tubular, but not like the positive <laughs> meaning of tubular. I'm talking legitimately, shape-wise, tubular. Fix your shit! <laughs> Literally, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, I, I just don't like them. I, don't, I think they've got too much seasoning on them. Mm. I don't really care for them. This is fair. Anyway. My god, we got oh, a lot more mileage out of that pizza question than I thought we ever would. We really did, didn't we? We can we you can talk in length about it anything. Okay. <laughs> my god. Uh, uh favorite season oh my is god. the next question. There's then only got... one right answer. Uh oh. Uh oh. We both are standing off. What's the right answer, Tegro? I I thought we were in in agreement of this, but maybe we're not. My favorite season You're not I don't think you like my answer. My favorite season, and I think the best season, is Autumn. No. <gasps> what is- what I is yours? Summer. summer. No! No, I like the sun, I like the not allergies, because fall and spring both have really bad allergies for me. Mm. And then I like- I I'm, must be an oddball for some reason, because I really enjoy the heat over the cold. I would never choose to be cold. Everybody says like, oh, well, you can put layers on and stuff. Every time I try to put layers on, I get too hot. I just warm up and I just really can't get comfortable in any way. So like, I would rather have sweat running down my back than Ugh. shiver like that. Ugh. No, see, that's my, that's always my point about cold over heat. Because there, you know, you can always add more layers, but you can only take so much off before you run out of things to take off. Like, there's always more you can add to, like, build up warmth. And I understand it can be finicky trying to find, like, the good level of, like, warmth versus too warm. But, like, I... L listen, here's the thing. I'm on both sides. I can't stand the heat, and I also get cold super easily. So I'm just not a well-made human. Like, <laughs> I'm an inefficiently made human. I have some questions up there. But anyways... <laughs> No, I, I, I just have a vivid memory. Like specifically, I, I, when when heat hits me, it ruins my life. Like I have a very specific memory of like there was a school trip I had to. I think it was Six Flags or something or some other amusement park, and it was like hot summer day. Like it was, I was dying. And the thing is, I don't have a lot of money. I didn't. I only had a, you know enough money to do a certain number of things, and I had spent all my money for the day. And there were still, like, 45 minutes left on this trip. I had no friends, so it's not like I could just hang out with other people. And even if I could, they're going to go off do the rides and stuff, which I don't like rides, so that's why I wasn't doing those. I was just playing the games. So I just sat there at one of the tables for, like, one of the places to eat. I just sat there, put my head down, and baked in the sun for, like, 45 minutes, just watching my watch, waiting for the trip to end. And just being nauseous the whole time and having no money while watching that there was a shop nearby with a like water bottles and I was like so considering like I should just walk over there and be like, I'm poor, please save me. Well Tech Roll, that can't be that can't be the standard because you chose to sit in the sun. That can't be where the bar is. You could have gone into a store and walked around. Well, no, it wasn't I, there I don't think there were stores. I don't think there were like gift shops. At an amusement park? I don't think there were. Or at the very least, I was young enough that I didn't realize that that was a potential option. If I had thought That's of that, then I definitely would have done that, probably. But I was in the shadiest part I could... Because I was at one of those... I think it had an umbrella on the table, but it was just hot. It was just, like, humid. But yeah, it's, no, it's always... It's... Yeah. 
No, he he I, really I makes work... me wrong. Like I, I just can't deal with it. I mean, I'm currently living in Florida, and I'm working in an amusement park where the sun is hot all the time. And even then, like I'm working at night, it doesn't matter. Like I'm having, I, I'm just more used to that than I am shivering in the cold. Because when I shiver, I have I have no control of my muscles. I'm sitting here like yeah. they're locking up and they're having trouble moving, and I'm like, I want to be able to move, bro. That's fair. Yeah. I don't want to be cold either, but I'd rather. It's. I think it's. It's easier to deal with cold than heat for me. I think Everybody's it's easier to. I think it's easier to exist in heat, in terms of cold, because like you're not like cowering under layers as opposed to like just being hot. But like the feeling of being hot is so much worse for me. And also, autumn's kind of like the best. There's like all the thing. Halloween. My birthday, my birthday, uh, <laughs> and my birthday. No, um, it's just better. And I like hoodies, and I like hoodie season. I have what? a really nice hoodie coming my way, and I'm really happy about it. So there you go. What? Oh, you, you said there you go, and I heard for a second. I heard no, you don't. I was like, what? Who are you no, telling you me I didn't I'm buy a hoodie? It's mine. Anyway. What? Uh, okay, we've got to keep moving. We do. What? The next question is, what are your headcanons for the sides? That's not the next question. Oh, that is the next question. Is it? Yes. In the notes that I wrote, that's the next question? I'm looking at it. Fan Q&A questions. Do you like pizza? Favorite season? What are your headcanons for the sides? I'm looking at it, too. What is happening? <laughs> are you sure? I'm selecting it right now. I'm showing you right oh, now. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Well, hold on. Before we get to that one, because in order I had them. Are there, are, oh, yeah, you're going on the document now. I see you. I'm, it was this is all staying in the podcast. I love this. <laughs> I love that. No, it literally, like, I, I hadn't refreshed the page and you weren't there. Oh, okay. That's what happened. Yeah, no. Yeah, now is it showing you? Well, now what are we going to do? Are we going to do the we're, one we're gonna do the, We're going to do the right next question, because I want to save the okay. other one for before the thing. Anyways. Um, we'll go to the sides very soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So... I won't know the answer to this one. What? I don't know the answer to this It's one. okay. I barely know my answer as well, so we're just going to go into it and hope. We don't know the answer to the next one either. At least I don't. That's I have no any preconceptions for these next two questions. Else. Lazy episode, folks. Lazy, lazy, lazy episode. I'm, lazy I don't know what this Leslie episode. We're gonna talk yeah. about Hamilton. We're gonna talk about Sanderson's, <laughs> and we're talk about Blues Clues because Leslie Odom Jr. was in all three. Now I'm just singing Dear Theodosia. I don't know what that is. Oh, I know it's a Hamilton song. Oh, Hamilton. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know a little bit. Uh, all, all my yeah. Hamilton song knowledge is from the one Weird Al medley. Pizza to Hot and Cold to Hamilton, Weird Al, and then to <laughs> to our next question of uh, what is your favorite Pixar movie? Um, I'll answer because you seem less concerned, like less convinced of your side, and I at least have an answer that's like on the tip of my tongue. My first thought is probably because it's the most recent Pixar movie I've seen is um, Turning Red. I loved Turning Red. That's a good one. It's so good. We got them like early like 2000s vibes. We got like some really catchy music. I just thought mm -hmm. that movie was like really nice. Like it was it was a nice style. It was a nice vibe. It was a nice message. 
Four Town is coming to Disneyland. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. That, I, I've been looking at Disney auditions recently, and they that's something that they're hiring in them. I, I want to see that. That's so cool. Yep. I like a good boy band. I grew up looking at various boy bands. <clears throat> Big Time Rush being the main one for a while. Who remembers Big Time Rush? I was not a Big Time Rush person. <gasps> no. But it's so good. I remember going by and I was like, oh, hello. And then I didn't. <laughs> one Direction, I was this close. I was so close to being a One Direction person. See, but yeah. I never. Something I never about really them got... threw me off. I don't know what. I think they just seemed too boy band. There's like a They're threshold. Too, too, there's a threshold of boy band. They're, they were too wholesome. I don't know. This something about it. But but what makes you beautiful? Beautiful song. I love that song. That's such a good song. I don't care I how to... stupid people think that song is. I freaking love that song. I'm adding that to my Spotify right now. Oh my god, not do it. But first answer uh, about Pixar. <laughs> um. Okay. So here's here's my thing about that. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, Pixar is uh, my uh, I I'm weird. We were talking about how um <laughs> your your threshold with the uncanny valley is pretty low. Yeah. And mine is like forever in the stars and just <laughs> I could do whatever. I don't care. Uh-huh. Apparently also fun fact, um I was told the other day that my eyes will dilate when I'm talking about robots. Oh. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> because I love them so much. That's really weird to me. But anyway, that's cool. <laughs> that's amazing so anyway, to think about. Just seeing you think about robot things they're talking about it, and just seeing your eyes go watch my eyes. Oh yeah, you'd watch my eyes out. <laughs> it. Um it's crazy. So um <laughs> uh okay. With that being said, there are a few Pixar movies that I know mean a lot to me mm-hmm. that will always mean a lot to me because they connect to that love for me mm-hmm. from my past. So Toy Story 3 is one of them. Ooh, I love Toy Story 3. So good. There's a really big uncanny moment when Buzz gets reset and then he has this whole Spanish mode thing. Mm-hmm. That really set me off. <laughs> so like Toy Story was always very special to me when I was young. Yeah. That uh, movie has a jump scare and it pisses me off that it has a jump scare. Where? We, you ask where every time I bring... I've brought this up to you so many times. It's the monkey. Remember the security camera monkey thing? The monkey. Okay, we have the same conversation. I know. Every time. No, it it just bothers me when people decide to throw, like, these big jump scare moments in movies. And it's not even, like... I don't know. It's not even, like, it's, you know, a minor thing. It's, like, trying to be a scary thing. Like, they tried... They built that up and then, like paid off on it and it was this big like oh my god jesus like why would they do that leave me alone i want to watch toys that make me cry i don't want to like pee my pants please (laughs) thank you water's supposed Uh, to come out from the upper region not the lower like leave me alone (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um Okay, so Toy Story 3 is very special to me in the same way Cars is very special to me because mm. Cars 2 has a handful of those uncanny moments. I think um, that movie is an uncanny moment. Uh, <laughs> I will <hate> you. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people don't like Cars 2. I appreciate Cars 2. I appreciate Cars. I honestly appreciate the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's very, it's something that I've loved for a long time. Yeah. So like Cars is special. Huh. And then, okay, so those are the special ones. I think if I had to pick a favorite, I've always said Coco is the best one. Ooh, that's a good one. Because uh, that one's just a good movie to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm trying to think of the other ones that I am just, I would swear up and down are the best. I can't really think of one, but I know like there are a lot of good classics, like Monsters Inc. is really classic and like um, some of the other like well-known ones that I just can't think of off the top of my head. But like Toy Story and then Cars are always gonna have special places in my heart. Wally's probably one that I probably could. But I think that's a classic. I don't know. I'm not really. It's weird. Wally. Everyone would think like with my love for robots and stuff, Wally would be the one. But if a robot acts too much like a human, I was gonna say I could see how Wally is too human of a I robot for you. It really. It, it immediately turns me away. Like I just don't want. I don't want to. Yeah. Not that like Wally isn't good. Like it's a good movie and it works out and it's has its moments but like it's not you want the it realism. i want it to look real yeah, yeah you want it to be like oh he's just a robot he's not like a goofy character who has a pet Which cockroach is... and he's going around saving the world with like all the personality in the world because that seems a little bit Which too is... like human it's weird because he does have a moment in the movie where he, like spoilers for oh. wally spoilers for wally he gets reset yeah. for a second and i'm wondering if like i think that freaks me out a little bit but then like he immediately came back with no explanation, and I was like, okay, I'm glad everybody's excited that he's back, but why did he come back? And also, like, why... If he... So, the fact that that even happened <laughs> indicates that there was a point in his past where that's what he was. Like, default Wally, who just had a purpose. Yeah. So the question then becomes, what gave him the personality from that point forward? Like, what sure, spawned sir. that? Oh, I guess so. I guess that's always the case. It's just always like short circuit lightning bolt. You know, they see a cupcake. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, think about it. He gets a lot of like dirt in his system and stuff with how much earth is around him. Like it probably just affected his system a little too much. Yeah, that's But fair then enough. all the other robots would be dealing with, dealing with the same stuff. So I'm wondering if it's like some kind of electrocution or some shit. Well, yeah, but yeah. So that's the other question. Even on the like the really advanced ship that all the humans are on, all those robots are just as human. Yeah, but they're not surrounded by the, the like, Earth's natural disasters and stuff. Exactly. So why are they then also so quirky and so, like, human-esque? Well, the think about the little way. one who's just trying to clean the floor. Remember that guy? Well, He's my favorite guy. I mean, I would argue that some people really want... I mean, you are part of the market for that <laughs> to an extent. Just the idea of, like, those people who most robot movies tend to make robots more human so that they're more likable yeah because they're afraid that if they keep them too stoic people aren't gonna like it no. and i don't agree with that i think that's i mean hello steve is just as stoic as i can make him and people love him so like i i really try to i, I really don't like when people try to substitute the human aspects mm -hmm. into robots and I, it just doesn't work yeah. for me so wally doesn't work i tend to anthropomorphize uh, so yeah, yeah. Oops. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that—that's a roundabout answer to my question. I think Coco, I'd say, is the best, and then um, Cars and Toy Story both like call out to my inner child, and I freak out every time I see them. So <laughs> those good answers. And Buzz Lightyear is just the best. So there. He's pretty cool. Yeah. He's pretty cool. I'm more of He's a Woody guy cool. myself, but Buzz is pretty cool. That's, that's why I I'll think that's it. maybe that's why like Toy Story Two is among one of my favorites because it really focuses on Woody a lot of the time. Like learn about I Woody's think, roundup. 
Honestly, in in the connection to all of them, Toy Story Two seems to be the one that people like the most. It's a it's it's a really it's solid cool. movie, and I think it's I like the mo- it's one of the more grounded ones too. And also, like it's you know, Toy Story One is imperfect, and then Toy Story Three makes everyone cry, and then all the toys are given away. And Toy Story Four is just not part of the equation because I don't think Toy, Toy Story Four doesn't count. It doesn't. I I can't believe we're getting a Toy Story Five. I don't want it. I don't want it either. I, I really oh, yeah. don't. I think it should have been over at three, quite honestly. I, I respect that they're wanting to keep the market up, but like I, I really don't. don't know what else part of the story. That's where that we I differ. Do. I don't respect that they're trying to keep the market up because I get wanting to keep your franchise going, but the worse the movies get, and like like just like I don't know, it just feels like they're just trying to get the money at, at a certain point. Just, they're trying to. Get the, the first money three point. feel like love is put into them. And then four felt like, okay, we need to keep this franchise going, though. You think the actors will come back for Toy Story 5? They have to. I mean, like, no, they, they do. They can't make it without the actors, the thing is. Because Buzz and Woody's voices are so iconic, you can't not use them. I think everybody I else is up for grabs. Like, everybody else is like, whatever might happen. But Buzz and Woody, at least. Like, Tom Hanks and... Tim Allen especially Jesse. had to come back, huh? Who? Who? Jesse? Oh, Je- oh, of course. Oh, yes. Oh, um, um. Oh, what's her name? Joan Cusack. Joan, Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack. Oh, she's yeah. yeah no, you, you can't replace her. She just has one of those iconic don't. voices that you just can't match. I don't know. I I'm curious to know what they have because, like, you know, I love Toy Story, but I'm Toy Story Four really disappointed me. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, I don't know. Toy Story 4 was hypocritical, is what it was. Have we talked about yeah. that? It's like a really hypocritical <laughs> movie. Because the whole thing is Woody being like, you need to be Bonnie's toy forever. Like, this is what you do now. You're a toy. And then meanwhile, he's like, well, um, I'm just, I'm just going to leave. Wow. I'm just going to get out of here. So, uh, bye. Well, like, that's the thing. He's learning. He's... He's learning his way through it. Like, I see what they were trying to do, but, like, especially with Buzz. Buzz is supposed to be the one who's, like, the leader and who's smart. Mm-hmm. That's my big problem with it. We keep talking. We've well, talked about this, like, through. See, I could, almost, then, like, I could almost forgive him not being smart, though. He, he's gotten no. smarter as the movies have progressed, at least. That's the thing. He's gotten smarter, and then Toy Story 4 made him stupid. Yeah, that's the thing. It was it was an upwards arc that suddenly plummeted. Because you said Buzz smart. is smart, and I flashed back to Toy Story 1, and he's not realizing that he's a toy for, like, most that's of the, the movie. Difference. Like, he's still a leader in that respect oh, yeah. in Toy Story 1, with the fact that, like, he he's trying to navigate this, this new space on his own, and then the second one, he's helping save the day, literally, yeah. like making plans and helping work through that Mm -hmm. and then three he's also partially making plans he's making big decisions that are tearing the group apart with woody and buzz in general and just like that whole thing happened and then toy story 4 he hits the button on his chest and he's like well maybe i need to go that way because that's what my chest told me to do (laughs) the fuck no no i watched that and went who what yeah, that wasn't, that was, no. It pissed me off. Anyway. Oh, my I God. I have things to say about my story. So fair. No, but anyway. Oh, my gosh. Well, next up. Moving. 
This is the Sidology podcast. We're not talking about sides. Whoa, that's about to change. And honestly, it's going to change for the rest of this episode. Because even the questions the we have next episode. are all sides based more or less. I know I know all of you listening have been clawing at the seams, I'm sure. I know. Just just waiting for us. Hearing about, like, I don't care about your pizza preferences or what, cocoa. Like, no, get, a, get on with the Sandersides. We say Thomas Sanders and everybody goes, oh, Finally. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, Sanderson's. I thought it never happened. Me though. Oh my god. That's how I, I... I don't say this to make fun of anyone listening. I say this because that's me. Oh, same. Yeah, same. For real. <laughs> so anyway... Literally, that it's it's that jump when you see something that's any way related to you, like, in any facet. Like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> I was hanging out with a friend last night, and there's like a new, like, advertisement for some new Blue's Clues episodes coming out. And mm-hmm. we were in the middle of a conversation, and I, like, glanced, and I saw it come on my TV again. I was like, oh, my God, it's on, it's on, ah! And I was like, jeez! And I sort of heard myself, and I was like, I'm sorry. I got a little too hyper about that happening. I'm like, uh. <laughs> When I see any kind of robot, I go, ah! <laughs> Oh, my gosh. But anyway, Sanders sides, what are your head cannons for the sides? Okay, I have... <laughs> I have opinions about this because that's a lot of i've had people ask me this before Mm -hmm. and i'm not against headcanons because there's certain things that like don't matter but because i view them so maladaptively in my head it's hard to like imagine them with things that happen when you're not thinking about them because they're not I, I like you see about that very canon going way. through the hallway to another room <laughs> and going and visiting another side. Like that's what some people have talked about to me that they're just like, do you think Virgil comes and visits Logan sometimes? No, <laughs> they function in personally because they they function they're imaginative parts of the brain and they work alongside each other. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work in my head. Yeah. But with things like, what does Virgil do to calm down on a rough day? I would argue he plays the guitar. Plays the guitar? Some kind of like, I like, I think music is really soothing to him in general. So if he's so into rock and he's so into like all of these heavy metal bands, he has a guitar. See, I don't know what it is about that that does not agree with me. And I don't know what. Maybe it's just because I see Virgil as a very, like, twitchy, fumbly boy, and I can't imagine him having the dexterity to, to use a guitar. Arguably, though, the thing is, like, remember when we were watching, uh, not, not to expl- exclude anybody, but, like, we were watching a Patreon live stream, and I was talking to you about how Virgil had kind of a leadership uh-huh. mindset to him that I didn't expect. So Thomas was improvising Virgil, right, on camera. It was the first time I'd ever seen him do that. And... He was doing it in a way, because I've do, done a lot of in-character live streams before, so I was comparing mine to his. Mm-hmm. And Virgil was much more engaged with the audience than I expected him to be Fair. when he was doing it. And then he was also very, like, leader mm-hmm. about it, trying to, like, control the masses in a way, which is not what I expected of Virgil. Because I kind of played him off, like you said, in the idea yeah. of like him being kind of fumbly and him being kind of, like embarrassed all the time and just like I don't really want to do this but because Virgil had that direct energy it kind of inspired that he has 
a life outside of or that a way to comfort himself and get out of those situations. And I think like because I'm a musician and I like music and I like people who play guitars, sometimes I'm like See, I would have think if he played an instrument. I would have pegged him as like percussion. I would have pegged yeah. him as like drums. Because okay. like be like sort of like to get that energy out. I'd take that too. Yeah. I'd take that too. Um I still think I, I made a video a long time ago about how all the sides have what what each side plays in the marching band. <sighs> but we can get to that another day. Y'all can go find that on my page. I just reposted it again. But um I still I still agree with most of what I said. Virgil would play percussion, I think. I like I think that. that's what I do. I like Yep, that. anyway. Oh my god, I don't even know what headcanons I have. I don't really think of headcanons for them often. I know I have some headcanons that I can't really mention right now, because that's going to be talked about. We, we have that set for a future episode. A certain subset of headcanons. You know what I mean? Okay. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh my. <laughs> but, um... I'm trying to think if I have any, like, things I can think of off the top of my head of, like, what would I, just imagining the sides existing. What does Janice hide under his hat? Uh, is it second to real, or is it something else? I think he hides another hat. No, um, another <laughs> hat oh. You know what? You know what? Fun headcanon. He hides a spare pair of gloves. Mm. Just in case you know, the first I... ones get messy, he takes them off, and he's like, whoop, grabs the other gloves, boom, prepared. Yeah, I can say it. Or he has a sandwich uh, under his hat like Paddington. That's also a fun option. There you go. Um, <laughs> um, my headcanon is that Patton has a very specific, like, he, he knows everyone's favorite cookie, and he bakes them regularly. He'll bake a batch of, like, each of their favorite cookies, and that's my thing. Yeah. He has, like, detailed notes on what they like, and he's constantly trying to oh, find yeah. everyone's favorite cookie. I agree with that. I think that's, that's my that's headcanon. How I would play Patton. He just does that to, like, reward people. Yeah, I think cookies uh, are his love language. And therefore, he he will just sit there and, like, he'll give, like, he'll, he'll see them, like, eating cookies and he'll be, like, taking notes as to what they think about it and then optimizing his recipes so that he could further, like, make the most perfect cookie for everyone. Also, another thing Janice could have under his hat is some of Patton's cookies. Not because I like ship them or anything. I don't know. <laughs> Do I? Maybe. The are quaking. Mostly. <laughs> see. Are quaking. I always find it funny because like there's a part of me that's like I don't want to admit that I ship any of them because I don't know if I fully do. But like if I was going to, I definitely have at least two pairings in my brain of who I would ship. So. Yeah. We're we're gonna talk about that more soon. Oh I know we yeah. Have plans. But, we definitely have um, a whole episode pegged for that as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I won't get into my opinions on shipping just yet. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole ballgame. But yeah, the patent cookie thing. I think that's the only headcanon I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's the thing. It's hard to like because so many people envision them with headcanons in the lens of like them functioning day to day, doing whatever they do. Yeah. Like in a, like in a house setting or something. And it's just, I, I don't, I, I can't, the way that I think about the sides, I can't do that for most scenarios. True. Like, but though I will I say, know, we've seen that they do do that. Yeah. That's the thing. That's, that's the interesting <laughs> thing I find about this is that you play it very canon and that's understandable, but we've also seen that they do 
do things when Thomas isn't around. So that's where I'm like, well, so if that's canon then, then why is that not something that plays into your stuff? I think it's because, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna get you in a real, I, I was just talking about something like this. Ooh. The fact that I, I'm trying to think about how to phrase this. Mm -hmm. We, uh, we were just talking about how like the, the, uh, I'm not saying Thomas is doing this, but we're, we're, we were just talking about how like sometimes in robot stories, people will add human traits to make it match better mm -hmm. and make it more easy to swallow. Yeah. I almost argue that's what Thomas is doing with the sides. Mm. Because like, for example, the dance dance revolution, <laughs> No, I don't, like, I, no. like, I, I, and hold on, before you go get the torts and the pitchforks and all that shit, I just, I think it's the way, it really is just the fact that I enjoy looking at them as a continually functioning brain mm -hmm. that is trying everything that they can to make Thomas the best that Thomas can be. And as Thomas is awake and functioning, he's having to utilize all of them all the time in that way. Or they are being utilized all the time in that way. Fair. So because I enjoy thinking of it like that, yeah. I don't enjoy thinking about moments where they are doing something that Thomas isn't aware of or that Thomas is... I, I don't know. Like, it, I see what you I'm mean. not saying it's a bad thing, but like... It's just the way that I enjoy it, I guess. So, like, the DDR is nice. It's a funny thing. Yeah, but, like... I will say, minor defense for the DDR, if there were going to be two sides that didn't need to be around for typical function that could just randomly go around doing DDR, it would be deceit and, you know, dark creativity slash intrusive thoughts. Like, those are not things that are so active so constantly that they need to be there. So that's my one defense for that. At least, because your arguments still go, really? Yeah, because the thing is, like, as you're going through life and you're making decisions, every decision you run into is going to have voices in your head yelling at you, telling you what to do. And some of them, obviously, you don't agree with, but some of them you do. And some of those voices are always going to be Janice and Remus. I mean, fair, but what if Thomas is just, like, watching TV? He, they're, they're watching and interpreting that in the way that... Or, or using that information. Because it's also the subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind is either, like, utilizing it in some way or, like, taking the information and throwing it out mm -hmm. or connecting to a previous memory because you're always, like... If you see something in a TV show and it reminds you of something, that's one of the sides in action. Yeah. Uh, now I'm thinking about the idea that Janice and Remus are playing DDR, and then they, they're alerted to something that they need to tell Thomas, so they, like, run out in the middle of the game, like, Thomas, lie! I mean, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I think, I don't know, I mean... No, I, I Every time that, like, I don't know, I guess I need to think about this more for myself, but I think because it's so psych-based, I like how psych-based it is, and I like to keep it where the psych is, rather than keeping it to where the story is, because the story doesn't always work for the, the psych part of it. That's fair. Which it makes sense, yeah. because again, it's that neat, it's that sort of like desire to anthropomorphize it a bit, to make it more of like a narrative that, you know, has psych, as opposed to it being like yeah. straight, perfect psych every second. And I, I don't 
Like, I know a lot of people love to do that. Yeah. I don't do that. I've never done that. And with this, uncan- like, I don't know if that's some part of my brain that, like, is just <laughs> structured a certain way compared to everybody else mm-hmm. or whatever. But, like, I, I don't anthropomorphize shit ever. Oh, <laughs> I always I can And usually if a story is really anthropomorphized, I don't like it as much. Mm. Remind me to never show you the brave little toaster. I've seen it. Oh, wow. What is your thoughts on that real quick? I mean, it's a cute little story. I haven't seen it in a while, but like... That's about as anthropomorphized as things get when you have a toaster going on an adventure. It's not as... It's different because you're anthropomorphizing a toaster. A toaster doesn't have any other, like, outside personality. But if you're looking at something, I, I don't know. It's so, I, I'm trying, here's the deal. We're talking about all this, and I'm trying to explain it, and I never can. Yeah. And I'm always sitting here like, I don't really know how to explain it, but here it is. So, like, I appreciate you listening to me, Ram. I never know how to explain it. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know. Cannons are really funny. It's fair. But I do know, like, arguably, when I am playing the sides or I am thinking through how the sides function in a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. I add some of that so that it matches what Thomas has rather than what I think about. Yeah, playing a canon. Yeah. Man, well, as we continue to ponder the psychological ramifications of DDR, um, <laughs> let's take a break with a mind palace moment. Moment! Moment! Okay, that's enough of that. I don't want to damage the crofter's jar. It's already a little scuffed. Um, I don't know how that happened. Anyway, Logan here with another interesting fact. Um, so the fun fact of today is that tongue prints are just as unique as fingerprints. Everyone has their own unique tongue print. Music. That was music. And that was... Un- un- moment. moment. Man. Tongue Tongue prints. Prince? <laughs> 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 oh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's Thank the you. type of conversation you expect on this podcast. <laughs> At the same time, yeah. tongue prints. Wow. Tongue. Man. Make sure not to lick your your crime seasons, kids. Don't do it. (laughs) As much as you might want to lick the crimes you're doing, don't do it. Because that could get you convicted. Don't it. All right. What's the next question, Teddy? (laughs) Uh, Oh, by the way. Gosh. My brain is all frazzled from that. Um, Forgot to mention it for the other three questions, but all the first four questions were all from Phoenix. I mentioned that for question number one, and then we forgot. Um, and we also these next four. Sorry? We have solid two people asking this question. Yes, we do. <laughs> and our next four questions are all from Kay. Uh, so, Yay! starting with, in the Logan episode, you both talked about not being able to stop thinking, and I was wondering how much of that is tied to maladaptive daydreaming. <gasps> we finally got a maladaptive daydreaming question. I like how <laughs> I said finally, this is our second Q&A video, but finally! Go ahead, Go ahead and answer that one. You seem to have an answer. I don't. <laughs> Maybe oh. I do. No, um, <laughs> I'm just excited. Um, Good. No, stop, not stopping thinking. That definitely plays in the maladaptive daydreaming. I, I think I, I think it's honestly part of what ends up causing maladaptive daydreaming. It's the brain constantly running, so it's hard to not, like, sort of delve into that fantasy, like, more consistently. But no, my brain just does not 
turn off. And because of that, like, Mount after daydreaming, I'm, I'm sure I said it at some point, happens constantly. Like, I think, I, I'm sure I, we've talked about it. It happens a lot more for me, I think, than it does for you, like, in the, in yeah. a, in the, in the span of a day. Because there is very few moments in a day, like, if I'm not distracted by something else, and usually even if I'm distracted by something else, I will slip into it constantly. Because in addition to always thinking about other things, I'm always thinking about the maladaptive daydreaming and, like, certain, like, scenarios that I have in my brain that I may have done earlier or may pop into my head because of something else I'm seeing. So my brain is constantly tangenting, just constantly everywhere. And therefore, it really, like, spurs on the maladaptive daydreaming. In addition mm-hmm. to the fact that, like, you know, I end up maladaptive, day- maladaptive daydreaming a lot of, like, things I'm dealing with. So, like, it, it, like, in addition to it just being, like, a separate fantasy, it also ends up being related to a lot of the things that I deal with on a regular basis. And therefore, when I'm dealing with those things, I end up slipping to it further and quicker because it's so tied to every other aspect of my life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my life daydreaming is, is problematic. It's one of those mm-hmm. things that, like, I'm sure I said it last time, but, like, it's not a recommended thing, because even though, it, oh, yeah, because even, even though it's, like, a thing that can be a coping mechanism, it also can, like, double down on things you're feeling that are negative. Yeah. Like, there's so many. Huh? Make you feel worse. Oh, truly. Like, the amount of times I'll be thinking about something, and I'll start maladaptive. Like, sometimes my brain will, like, specifically maladaptive daydream sad things and, like, unfortunate things because I can't, like, I can't stop thinking of every other possibility. It, it runs into that, like, overthinking of, like, what might happen and then acting it out. So, yes. Guys, okay, I'm going to make a reference that'll, like, wrap up your point. Ooh. You guys, you guys have probably seen Shrek the Musical, right? I know you have, Tech Girl, but like for those listening, you've seen Shrek the Musical. There's a song called, oh, what's the song called? Um, when Words Fail. Oh, I love that song when so words much. Fail. When Words Fail is a very clear example of maladaptive daydream going wrong. Ooh. Now that I think about it. Because, well, Tech Girl's <laughs> <laughs> You just because took one of my like, favorite songs in Shrek the Musical and made it even better. Think about it. He's sitting there being like, oh, well, I'm literally going to take, bring her a flower. I picked this flower right over there. And he starts trying to talk it out and work through that. And I know some people do that that don't maladaptive daydream. Yeah, of course. But when you are a maladaptive daydreamer, <laughs> that's exactly what's happening. Oh, yeah. It's really like you sitting there trying to figure it out. And if you realize it's the path that you just took isn't working, then you do it again. Yeah. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. And the thing is, it never goes. The I have to sneeze. Sorry. <laughs> it's uh, okay. It never, it never goes exactly how um, you play it out. So, like, why do it in the first place? You're just stressing yourself out. Because Shrek, both times that he walks through the story, he's like, oh, where am I going with this? Oh, I don't know. Why. Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> and he's sitting there like, going, what? And then he starts overthinking it. And then he starts, like logicking it out and being like oh actually this is why like this is how she'll probably respond yeah. and once he starts to do that then it, he chills out of it and honestly in my case sometimes when i think about like oh this is probably how that person is going to respond i do a scenario where that happens mm-hmm. so that i try to like let that happen but like yeah no when words fail is a really good example of how maladaptive just doesn't always work 
I love that so much. <laughs> That's yeah, that really put that in a new light because that really is what it is. Like that is what it is. Man, yeah, so to answer the question, I think the the whole like overthinking, not being able to stop thinking thing, really like I think it's so synonymous with um, maladaptive daydreaming in the sense that I feel like I think you can you can overthink without maladaptive daydreaming, but I don't think you can over I don't, I, hold on. I don't think you can maladaptive daydreaming without I can't use English. Yeah, you can't. Uh, I can. I can get the sentence out. If you're an overthinker, that doesn't mean you're a maladaptive daydreamer. But if you're a maladaptive daydreamer, then you're probably an overthinker. I would say that that's fairly accurate. Because again, that that, that that compulsion to keep going is usually tied to the fact that you can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Especially when it's tied to real life situations. I, I think especially. I think. I know for me, my overthinking is stemmed from both genetic uh, anxiety and ADHD mm-hmm. because my ADHD, like we, we talk about how our brain never shuts off. I know mine is consistently playing a song. Oh, I don't have to know what the song is. I don't have to be paying attention. You can always ask me what song's in my head because there's always one. Mm-hmm. And right now it's a sale because we were just talking about it. Oh, yeah. uh, but it's just kind of playing in my in the background of my head, as well as like um, if I'm really anxious about something, I physically feel it, and then in physically feeling it, Logan starts to tear it apart, and he tries to like really make me think about that. So that stuff is like consistently happening in my head. So I don't know if I would say overthink as as you said, Tech. I don't know if I'd say overthinking is directly connected to maladaptive daydreaming. But if you're a maladaptive daydreamer, I would assume you are. Yeah overthinker because it's so it's you're trying to act it out you're trying to like play out a scenario or you're trying to escape from a scenario Mm -hmm. and i mean it definitely maladaptive daydreaming definitely isn't i don't know i'm trying to think about it because i don't isn't what i don't know (laughs) brain just kind of stopped working there for a second i think you basically said everything i was gonna say it's just because also maladaptive daydreaming can be just an escape. Oh, yeah. But, but even like when sometimes, it's an escape, it's so, like, overly thought. I, I don't always... I know for mine, I don't always think about it as an escape. Mm. I think mine is... When I, when I say an escape, I think I connect my escape maladaptive daydreaming to acting mm-hmm. and to performing in general. Yeah. I've directed it that way so much that, like, I don't really do that in the privacy of my own space as often. Personally, I, do, I just really crave some kind of like improv or some kind of something like that yeah. because I get more fulfillment out of doing it in front of an audience or doing it with friends or something like that than I do doing it by myself. I wonder if Maladaptive Daydreaming could be like considered to some degree a stim in that regard. Because well, it just sort of feels like know. a thing you need to do, but it's not like serving a purpose other than just sort of needing to do it. In you the same just... way that, like, you sort of, like, sometimes you just need to shake it out. Sometimes you just need to, like, get that out real quick. Like, I can almost see that being a similar-ish, like, connection. I don't think I would I don't... call it a stim, but I think it, 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 it's stim-ish. It's like, it's like a cousin to stimming. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I like that, that now I'm like overthinking, old... the idea of overthinking, by the way. Like, I, I'm thinking about, like, overthinking right now because we're talking about overthinking. <laughs> A little, a little mini soapbox because I've said this on TikTok before. Mm-hmm. 
if someone around you is overthinking, please don't tell them that they're overthinking oh, because it's only going to make them overthink they're overthinking. Mm-hmm. Work with them and help them calm down. Help yeah. them figure out ways to like ease that speed of thought mm-hmm. because some people are just like, it's not that difficult. Why are you making it so complicated? Yeah. You've just got to calm down. No, no, no. Don't accuse them. Because as an overthinker, like that only makes it worse. Oh, yeah. So just like box wise, that frustrates. Yeah, so just you can't mad. always just you can't just always drop a subject. Some some thoughts are so like magnetic. You know what I mean? Like some sometimes you just like there's just like a thought. Like if there's you a thought over here, that. huh? You have to look at. Yeah, it there's just some, yeah. like this pull. Is like hmm, I, I I shouldn't look over there, but like hmm. Can I? Can I talk about the, like, what does your mind look like as a space? Oh, yeah, brand. Have we talked about that yet? I don't think we've because talked about that on the podcast. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, no. but I want to talk about it because it's, it's very interesting. Do it. A long time ago, someone introduced me to the idea of, like, what does your mind look like as a physical space? Mm. So, like, I've heard some people say it's a dark room. I've heard some people say it's a cave. I've heard some people say it's, like, a picnic setting. Like you're outside in the sunlight. I've heard different things. And like um, the cave, sometimes there are like bugs and creatures that'll get in there. But like there are also times where the sun is out and you're watching the sunset. Like it, that's what my mind looks like to some people. Mm-hmm. My mind, because I've thought long and hard about this and I never expect anybody when I ask them to immediately have an answer because I expect you to take some time to think. Mm-hmm. But mine is a very black room like just a black room, it's very dark. And there are moving platforms everywhere that are like circles and they're moving just in different places. And there are spotlights connected to each platform and they move around and some of them are really close to me and some of them aren't. And um, some of them, the lights are on and some of them aren't. Sometimes there are people on the stands as they move and then there are sometimes ideas or thoughts on the stands. Um, but if a light is on, I'm paying attention to it. Yeah. Because that's the only thing you can see. Yeah. It's like tunnel vision type thing. Sometimes there's something I don't want to look at that's right in front of me. So, like, the light's off, but the light is on over there that I need to pay attention to. But there's this thing in the way that I can't see what it is because there's a platform right here. Um, That's... I don't know why I started talking about this, but I just love thinking about it. It's a good subject, Because it helps me... It really helps people understand for like my uh, focus issues Mm -hmm. in the sense like I have trouble, like if I'm so anxious about something and I'm dealing with something here, trying to focus on whatever someone's telling me or whatever I'm supposed to be focusing on is really, really difficult for me. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes there's two things I got to focus on and there's two lights on both things and I can't look at them both at the same time. So I'm like, huh? There's a lot of people in my life that have been like, that makes so much sense. And I'm like, that's my I've wanted to try to think of like what mine is. And I have so much trouble figuring it out. I had an analogy that just came to me, but it's not like a location. It's just like an item. No, that's fair. The thing is like, I've heard people say that like, it's a room where there's like stuffed animals around them Mm. or whatever. Like I've heard people say that it's a hallway. Yeah. Like, I that one was really interesting to me. But I don't want to get too far into it for their own sakes. But, like, I just, um, it's fascinating to really figure out 
what people will say. Someone said it was like a rat cage. A rat cage? Like there's squirrels just in a cage or something, and like they're, it's just consistently moving around them, which is like the fast moving thoughts thing. And I'm like, whoa, that one's cool. See, I had a thought like, of what my thing is a second ago, and I don't know if it makes any sense logistically with this idea, but my thought immediately was a camera, only because there was a moment while you were talking where like sometimes like when someone's talking and I start like zoning out, like, you know, because I, I was listening the whole time, but when, sometimes I zone out a little bit during conversation because ADHD. And yeah. I like my eyes will literally like start unfocusing because I'll just sort of be yeah. like like not thinking, and I have to be like, oh, I focus back in, they get get the audio back. So I, my yeah. my initial thought now is going to be a camera because I'm like trying to refocus. Sorry, there were noises. Trying to refocus. <laughs> I just heard pots and pans falling. I don't know if that got picked up. Pots and pans. Pots and pans. But um. Just trying to focus a camera back in to be like, okay, no, wait, we need to get the subject back in focus. Let's, nah. I don't know if that I've works with this at all, but. It can. I've heard people talk about how um, they're watching a TV mm-hmm. in their headspace, but the TV doesn't work. No. Oh. They keep switching channels and nothing happens. Interesting. Like a faulty remote. But I also know, like, a lot of people who I talk to about this, because I have ADHD and I tend to attract other people who, attract other people who have ADHD and other types of mental illness. Yeah. Um, I know, I don't know many people who have talked about their, their brain space is very bright and happy. Because <laughs> uh, usually the people who are going to describe it as such usually are the people who overthink yeah. enough that they have a more <laughs> bleak situation going on. <laughs> because I know from my space mine is as i say it's a black room it's not i wouldn't say it's not happy but it's just like it's dark Mm -hmm. it's dark and there's usually a lot of things happening around me that's why the platforms can move and also i think i'm trying to really work in how this work but i'm i think i've said before that there's like people on both sides trying to talk to me at the same time Mm -hmm. or like playing music or just like two people really trying to get my attention in some way. Yeah. So I'm trying to find that too, because again, my brain doesn't stop either. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. But yeah. I'm starting to get a clearer vision of what mine is now. Cause now I'm thinking small cluttered room with, with, and there's a door with padlocks because I want people to come in, but also I trust no one. There's a that's, window. That's, that happens too. Yeah. There's a window. I have a camera. I can look out and I can see things, but sometimes the focus is off. That's that's my thought now. I can I can tune in audio and I can hear things going outside because I know I have my little room here that I situate in. But like, I'm a bit of an in, I'm a bit of an introvert. I'm a bit of an inside person. And then there's like people I talk to outside. But like the camera, the camera, the lens is so freaking faulty. Mm. That, I think that's my um, new. I think that's the closest I've ever come to finding one that makes sense to me. That I'm like this yeah. actually f- like really functions with how my brain goes. I gotta like credit whoever talked about that first because I know the person who told me isn't the one who made that up. Yeah, I think they heard about it in therapy, and then I want to like I want to know who actually made that because that's a really cool thought, and I think it really helps other people understand who you are as a person. Like yeah. I, I can fully understand that you have trouble with trust mm-hmm. because you said there's padlocks on the door. Oh, that yeah. fully like immediately makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. You don't really explain why there are padlocks on the door, but you just know there are padlocks on the door. Yeah. Because I'm like, and my first thought was like, is it an open door? Because I want people to come in? No. I want people to come in. So there is a door, but also I need to protect in case. You're the one yeah. who unlocks it. Exactly. There's, there's only Whereas one mine, way to get in, and it's if I unlock the locks. 
And there's a series of them, because I could just unlock one and that would be it, but, like, I, I don't trust enough anymore to be like, okay, you're in immediately. And like, no, I'll unlock one at a time and we'll see where we get. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, like, now that I think about it, uh, I want to move on because we only got no, some questions. No, of course, yeah. Um, but I'm, I gotta figure out how, like, acting works into mine. I gotta, like, mm -hmm. rethink mine and write it out and figure it out a little better. Because now I'm curious. But if you want, you can tell us in the comments what you think yours is, if you're willing to share. Awesome. Be gentle, please, because also, like, be mindful that this is your mental health you're projecting a little yeah. bit, so you want to be careful about that, because I know the internet's a gross place. Also but, funny um, that we say that after we just, on this podcast, talked about ours. I'm okay so like, talking I, about it. No, that's I'm fair, okay yeah. talking about it because For me, I recognize where my, my weaknesses are, yeah. and um, I've worked through my mental health a lot, mm -hmm. but, like, I think there's some, there's some danger in putting out, like, mental health if you're not necessarily aware of what exactly or how or what exactly you're dealing with that's fair i think i'm pretty comfortable posting mine at this point because one it's just a subject mental health is already a subject that's so intrinsically tied to my being and it's something that i want to talk about and learn about and focus on more in content in the future but also because like talking about this stuff if people that i know in the future like listen to this and like hear me talk about this stuff they'll have a better read of what i am as a person and they'll be able to understand me a little bit better so yeah. and as someone who's very bad at talking about like the types of like issues or things about me that like in in the moment and like trying to explain that stuff this is nice to have out there and be like okay if you want to get to know me this podcast has a lot of who i am as a person so just go over listen to that a few episodes and you'll be like okay that's man tech real he, he, he's, a, he's a character. <laughs> I might have just added something in my room and be like, Sanders Hides is just playing in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a computer with a consistently looped, like, <laughs> it's just constantly, like, playing through the whole series and then back again. Yeah. 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 So, like, even, yeah. even like, in the darkness, there's just, like, one light in the corner and you just hear, like, occasionally, like, you tune into it and you hear different Sanders Hides references. You just hear Janice go, no! <laughs> every once in a while, that echoes through, because that's the loudest thing. Every, every once in a while, you hear an echo of, like, a really clear, falsehood! Falsehood! That's great. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Oh my gosh, we need to get back to the questions, though. Yeah, we That do. was a really interesting topic. Like, that was a really interesting tangent. I love talking about that with people. It's so fascinating to hear what people have to say. I'm just pleased that I finally got something that makes sense. And it was on a podcast. Oh, you. Wow, yeah. that's really cool. That is cool. Oh my god, neat. All right, any... Kay also asked, any media recommendation for Sanderside's looking for similar content that isn't Inside Out? I know we only have one answer for this, because it's the only answer. It's the only answer. Can I say it? The good place. Okay, The Good Place. <laughs> Can I, I say it? The Good Place. Cool Whoops. Place. We couldn't say it. Well, that's the thing. We couldn't say it together. That's true. <laughs> no, like... It's so good. It, you were the one who recommended it to me, so... Yeah, literally, <laughs> like, I recommended it to you because I knew how much you love Sandersides. And just, it really is, I think, outside of Inside Out, from a logistics standpoint, because it being, like, the inner characters of the head, outside of that, because Inside Out is not perfect, as we've discussed in episode two, I believe, um, no, The Good Place, I think, is the most Sandersidesy series that exists elsewhere. Like, not in its core concept, but just in the way that it functions and teaches about mental health and questions morality and being a good person and moral ethics. Like, one of the main characters is literally 
a, you know, a professor in moral ethics. Like, it's just what he does. And you get to learn about being a good person and what it all means and what you should do for people and what's morally correct. It just is, like, the closest thing with Sandersides. And honestly, like, I won't go into it a lot because, like, I don't want to give spoilers to the series. But I'd say, like, several characters in the series are good analogs to Sandersides' characters. Like, without saying too much as to the reasons why... Like, Cheaty, like, for those who may end up watching the series, one of the main characters, Cheaty, I'd say he's Logan. If you see Tahani, I would say that's very Roman. You know, um, Eleanor is Janice. I think Eleanor's pretty Roman, too. I'd say she's Janice. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, no, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, right. they're just characters that fit so neatly into different Sandersides characters just from a, a vibe standpoint. And honestly, from uh, even a character arc standpoint, I'd say, in certain areas. Yeah. So, like, like Tahani's arc is very much, like, similar to Roman of, like, you know, sort of that full of yourself nature and trying to open up to others and listen to others and, you know, work with that. Like, that there's compensation so we were talking about. Yeah, honestly. The, the compensation is strong. Series. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. No, it's... It's such a beautiful series and deals with so like so well with like you know moral you know morality and mental health. Ugh. Yeah, I honestly like as somebody who is mad of like loves Sandersides, I've never been recommended a series because of Sandersides. So I was really interested to know what that series was, yeah. and I think it's a pretty faithful. Like if if people ask me what my favorite TV show is. I say the good place because like it just it was just well it was so well made mm-hmm. it's just like it's another one of those that like the details are iconic i i just i love the entire story mm-hmm. and it, it plays with your head the whole time like you think it's going to go one way and then it goes a different way and you're like hello mm-hmm. i did not expect this so please go watch the good place if please you haven't because do. it's, it's really- i can't recommend that series enough because like, a lot of TV shows these days go on for too long, oh. and they're just a little annoyingly long. Mm-hmm. That one is well done the entire time. Yeah, and it's a, you know it's a good clean four seasons. I think there's like 12, yeah. 13 episodes a season, so it's not even like too extensive of a watch. Like that sounds long, but like maybe I'm just does maybe I don't think it's wrong because I watch like shows that have like 15, 10 seasons that I'm yeah. just used to. But it's a really good watch, and it's just very good. I think the episodes are pretty short, too. Like, I don't, I, like a lot of shows nowadays are, like, hour-long episodes. These are, like, 23 minutes, maybe? Yeah. No, I want to yeah, watch no, The Good Place. Good. I'd go watch it again. I need to find someone to indoctrinate into The Good Place again, because that's the only way I'm going to watch it again anytime soon. I also think it's the most perfect ending ever. I don't think there's an ending that can get more perfect than that. Honestly, fair. I don't think you can end any series better than A Good Place Ended. So. That's the thing. It, they wrap up their characters really well. It's they just overall, it it's just such a well-rounded series. Like, it's not, because that's another fear for a lot of shows. It's like, will, you, will it end in a place that you're satisfied with? The Good oh, Place yeah. will. Nowadays, especially, that's such a worry, because one, shows go on too long, but two, sometimes shows get canceled. So it's always, yeah. especially in animation, there's always such a fear and it's, it's a fear that's grown in me, like, in recent times, because a lot of animated shows that I've watched have gotten canceled at times, or even TV shows have gotten canceled. There's a beautiful little TV show. Just to shout out, my boy Jason Ritter's work. I say my boy, he's not my friend. Like, I would love to, he's amazing. Yeah. Jason Ritter, uh, most known as the uh, voice for Dipper on Gravity Falls, 
had, had this beautiful little show called Kevin Probably Saves the World. I think it was on CBS. It was a beautiful show. It was absolutely wonderful. Like, I'd love to show you, Amy, at some point, or, you know, I, I'd love to show so many people season one of that show. It's so good. It ends in a horrible place because it, it ends, like, in the middle of a cliffhanger. But it's so good. Oh. It's so good yeah. for what it is, though. Like, Jason Ritter is an icon. The other one is My Babysitter's a Vampire. That's a really good one. <laughs> oh, I loved My Babysitter's a Vampire. It ends on a really big cliffhanger, and you're like... It's no. so unfortunate. These shows get canceled. They never get their resolutions. But The Good Place is not one of those, oh, yeah. and it's five. That's the only... But that's really the only one that I would even remotely recommend based on Sanders' sides. Oh, yeah. There's no other, like, like content that I think is Sandersidesy enough that, like, I would be like, oh, you like Sanderside, so you will like this. Like, I can't think of a single I'm other just... franchise. I mean, I guess we could say Infinity Train. It's funny you said that. I almost thought of that a second ago. Infinity I'd say Infinity Train Train's pretty close as well. Infinity Train or Steven Universe. I think people would like Steven Universe if they like Sanderside's. I would sooner uh, say Infinity Train, almost. Well, actually, well, maybe I say that. I don't know. I think San- I, th- I think Steven Universe is also a good one. I think it has a lot of those same beats. I'm almost maybe I'd maybe I'm that. thinking. I think because Infinity Train is so much more specifically mental health is why I lean more towards it. Yeah. Whereas Steven Universe yeah. is a lot more about like acceptance. In that way, like acceptance yeah. of people around you. It's a lot of the moral stuff too. But like, I think you know Infinity Train is much more about like mental health. So that's another Fair. series, which again, that one got canceled. I will say, while there are open questions on Infinity Train, it still ends in a pretty decent place. Because that's a sort of one of those series where, like, all the seasons are connected, but they're all kind of different stories, sort of, that play into a bigger story. But, like, we never get the end of that. But either way, it's it's a beautiful series. Like, that one, I wouldn't worry too much about the ending being, like, mm-hmm. a canceled thing. Like, it still ends the story of that season. Every season kind of has a nice moment of yeah. ending every time every season yeah. wraps up there are there there's a bigger narrative in the background that could have been expanded on and should have been but like each season still wraps up in its own good way yeah so yeah all right Whew, next one you read i'm out of breath think, which side do you think needs or do you hope has more screen time in the future of the series i think there are only two logical, objective answers to this question. Legitimately. I only have one. Well, I, I have one that I that is my personal thing, and, and which is also one of the two that I mentioned. But I think there are only two sides that this is really, truly allowed to be about. I, I say allowed. I'm being very Logan about this because I'm thinking logistically as opposed to, like, just preference of side. But I think that objectively... The two answers are Janice and Remus because they're they're so recently introduced and have been in less episodes and had less episodes focused on them specifically as a side, wholly compared to other sides. Yeah. So that's why I'm like of of all the sides, those are the two objectively that deserve the most like more screen time in future episodes. Yeah. I uh, my one is Remus. I think. Oh, my more... one is Janice. <laughs> We both chose one of the two! Well, I think my argument for not Janice is because... I mean, because... Hmm. Let me say it this way. I've played a lot of the Sanders sides at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I have pers- personally portrayed them all. Yeah. Um, except for Remus. The Remus is the one I haven't done. And there's many reasons why I, I will never do Remus, mm-hmm. personally. 
um, just because like the way that I do improv just does not work with that. Um, yeah. I, I'd be too, I'd cuss too much, or I'd be, I, I would take down. Yeah, you lose yourself like, to the character, and it's famous that could get dicey. No, um, but I. I would argue the thing about Remus that I don't think I have and I fully understand mm-hmm. is his why. Yeah. Like I know he says there is no rhyme or reason to what I do, I just do. Yes. But like he need you know, school boot, right. But <laughs> I think I would need that's what I want more of with Remus. I want more character development. I want to understand how he functions. And I think that's going to be interesting when we do interesting. Mm-hmm. When we do end up talking about Remus on this podcast, mm-hmm. because like we can take a lot from what we've seen, but there's just not a ton of context to who he is. We've just seen him act out. Yeah. And I want more than that. Whereas with Janice, I would argue that we've seen a lot of his why. Yeah, we, we, we know a lot of his intentions. We don't necessarily see exactly how he's going to function all the time. Because mm-hmm. his methods are so secretive most of the time. But we've understood a bit more about him. Yeah. Whereas with Remus, I don't feel like I know why. Like, I have to kind of make it up more than any other side if I were to act Remus out that way. Whereas with Janice, I know what he's doing, and I get it. That's fair. I see yeah. that. Um, I chose Janice more of uh, more for biased reasons uh, because oh. I just like Janice. But also, That's like... <laughs> but also, like, I think he just deserves some more character interaction. I, I think... I want to see him interact with more of the characters in a more consistent and productive way. Because I, I, I think of things like SVS where... The characters aren't always talking to him as much as he's as it's more questioning about another thing. I don't know. I feel like he doesn't have as many like I don't not yeah. comparatively to Remus, but I I want to see him interact more with everyone because usually he's hidden for most of an episode and then is revealed right at the end. Or again with SVS, there's a lot of other things going on and he's like sharing you know the spotlight with Patton also being a prosecutor at the time. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. there's so much more character interaction to be had, especially now that he's slowly starting to be more accepted because you can see some more of his positive intentions, or at least they can see, because I've always seen. We'll get to that. But they can see a bit more of his positive intentions behind what he's doing. So I just want to see more of that develop because I think that's just one of the situations that I think in Sanders sides right now, one of the story beats that I'm more, most interested in is seeing this character who is, who is being assumed by everyone to be this evil boy, t- actually having these positive intentions and trying to shine through that while also still trying to be effective. Yeah. He just interests me. Dang. Oh, I, yeah. Every time I talk and about Janice, I'm like, dang, maybe he is my favorite. Crap. Janice is your favorite. We talk, you. I like that this is like, this is built over the course of almost every episode where I keep being like, dang, Janice is dang. Man. We're canceling the podcast, and Janice is your favorite. Moving on. <laughs> what? <laughs> canceling the podcast yeah. because of my realization? Exactly. Damn. No. This, pod- um, this podcast was too powerful, making me realize things. We had to get rid of I it will... because I don't want to know about myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I will argue. I, I will stand by you in the fact that like Janice needs... I want to see more of what he does. I want to see this next episode because I know it's going to be pretty Janice-centric in the fact that, like, something's going to crack and Janice is going to be right at the heart of that going like, hmm, well, this is a bright pickle we've gotten ourselves into, isn't it? (laughs) Interesting. If only someone had um, listened to me. 
Yeah. Yeah, literally. Man, that's mm, what I mean. Could have been avoided, but um, you all wanted like... to play dumb, and so I had to just step in and do my thing. Mm. Yep. Yep. I yep. love Janice, my god. Very much so. <laughs> I do. I want that very badly. <laughs> yeah, but I totally see your point with Remus, too. We, we need a lot more development on Remus in general. I know we're going to get it. But um, so, yeah. It. Not sure. Yeah, I want I want to know where they're going with Remus because I don't think I fully see it. Just because like Remus is kind of, I mean, we're gonna, as I say, not trying to get into the Remus episode, but I feel like Remus is kind of an extension of Virgil, to an extent. How so? We'll answer that question cool. in the Remus. <laughs> Neat. I'm glad because, we like, brought it I, up. I have a whole theory for it, but I want to like look into it and no, talk no, about no, no. it. I'm excited to talk about that. Coming soon. Coming soon. Keep Coming watching. Pretty soon. Um, so, last question. Ooh, last question. What's the last question, Pickerel? Our last question is, favorite character dynamic in Sandersides? I think I know what mine is. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Um, again, you know, playing to my biases. Uh, <laughs> I think my favorite character dynamic right now is uh, Janice and Patton. Which is part of why I want to see more Janice. Because shipping aside, the slight minor shipping aside, because again, I can't even fully commit to saying I ship them, but like, like even As like even platonically that. shipping it, you know, like, you know, I just think that I, lo I love the interaction between them at the end of Putting Others First. Because, you know, one, Janice is showing, you know, a fairly rare moment of like, really wanting to be kind of helpful and, and kind of caring for a moment because he wants to like make Patton feel a little bit better in that moment or try to like establish when Patton starts feeling worse but also just the idea of the deceitful nature and the morality being friends and like getting along better is just an interesting concept I like the idea of like you know the, the questions around that or like the other sides being like what would that mean if like the moral side of us is starting to side with the deceit in some capacity like I just, I, I just think it's a cute friendship. I, I like the idea of them becoming a closer bond. Yeah. It's just a good vibe. It's a good vibe. Yeah. It's, it's cool how he's really, or how his team is really, like, accentuating that. Because, like, in terms, I, I, we'll get into this more later, too, but just in terms of, like, mental health in general, the idea of that morality and good versus bad and that selflessness... Mm -hmm getting to know the selfishness yeah. and the self-preservation and them really starting to bond is a really good sign. It's a really good thing to do for your own mental health to just be mindful of both sides and find that balance between the two. Yeah. And I think As opposed because to them competing. Patton, yeah. And like, because Janice and Patton are getting to know each other better, I think that's a really good reflection of mental health and what you should do. Yeah. That's really cool. And also, they're just like two little buddies. They're two little boys. Just get along, hanging out, vibing, getting a cookie. I don't know. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I love that. See, that's that, that might have been I, the most I, potent, well, potent thing of like the the studious versus the layman. <laughs> well, I think it's just the black and white canon thinking that I just subscribe to so hard. And then other people are like, "But they're cute, though." And I'm like, that's "Yeah." Me. I'm the anthropomorphizer. It's, cool it's cool how it matches too. <laughs> you're like I, you're like, wow, it matches so well with legitimate mental health. And I'm like, yeah, and they could also like hang out and eat some cookies and like watch Steve Universe and like get to know each other buddies and, and hang out and have a soda and like See, I'm this, this is great. No, I'm glad that that's being voiced at all. <laughs> um, 
So, so what about you? What is your favorite character dynamic? <laughs> Wait, which which pairing of Virgil? What? Janice and Virgil. Ah, I knew it. <laughs> it's always going to be Janice and Virgil. I want to know what their relationship is. I want to know what their history is. I want to know what their story is. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know really bad because every time they freak out at each other, I'm like, ah! And I freak out. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. And then all, and like uh, that dynamic also plays interestingly into the Janice and Patton dynamic because I, I don't remember if we've talked about it specifically, but we might have. I think we definitely might have in the Roman episode where we talked about um, the idea that uh, Roman and Patton were kind of really buddy-buddy for a while, like the, the sort of father figure there. And then now mm-hmm. he's siding with Janice, who is currently his biggest enemy. So, like, in that sort of betrayal, there's also yeah. something to be said about that between Virgil and Patton, because there was that same really, like, they were, like, such a team for a little bit, and now since they've separated a little bit, now he's siding with Janice, and Virgil, again, is also Janice's, like, you know, tied with Roman, this is to his biggest hater, and... Virgil, yeah. he's acting so bitter and betrayed right now, mm-hmm. and everybody hates Virgil, right? I mean, so many people that I've talked to hate Virgil right now, because, yeah. I, I mean, we'll get this later too but they hate him because he's being snoop snoop snitty snoopy no what's the word <laughs> scriddle not snotty <laughs> stupid he's being mean, <laughs> he's being uh, mean. i'm laughing at my own reference that i made because I, I referenced doing a soundness in the mix of that oh my god what did you say i said scriddle i said scriddle because you you're like oh. you're like snitty snotty snooty you know, like scriddle snitty, snotty scriddle <laughs> It's my it's my, it's like one of three Unisana's references I know. Good. Probably two. Excellent. Honestly probably one. Memento Mori, Unisana's. Oh. Uh, actually oh, I was about to go on a tangent. Anyway, um <laughs> no, yeah, okay. Don't do that. Um, it's been such a succinct episode so far. Don't do that. That's a whole different <laughs> kind of tangent. Um, but I think but Virgil has literally, like, in the um, working through intrusive thoughts, looked at, looked at Pat and was just like, oh, thank goodness, you're giving him permission. Oh. He's being so mean. Because Patton is getting closer to Janice. It makes sense. Sorry, Virgil. Because Virgil fucking hates Janice. <laughs> I, I want to know what happened. But um, anyway, I love that relationship because of the interesting dynamic between the two, and I've... I just, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really love Roman and Virgil. I think that's their bond is really important. Um, that's another one of those that started so rocky at the start and now they're such buddies. So it's like really nice to see like how far they've come. Yeah. I mean, I don't ship the sides, but I think those two work well together. I know, I know. Anxiety is the common one. I know, I know. Yeah. We're, <laughs> okay. we're such but, basic like, bitches. I, I genuinely think... Roman and Virgil work well together just because they both understand each other yeah. pretty well. Um, in, in terms of just like, and and also like the amount of times in, in mental health that they have to circle each other, mm-hmm. like the creativity has to work with the anxiety to even remotely get to get going on what you want to do. Yeah. You have to get nervous about it to be able to spark that energy to do it. And then you just keep working like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, Logan, I just love, uh, Logan and Patton, I think, is another one of mine. Good. I like them a lot. Yeah. I, I, I like Patton hanging out with people. And I like seeing the, like Patton hanging out with like some of the most polar opposite people. <laughs> he yeah. really, like, that, that is the thing. He hangs out with all, like, all the, his closest bonds 
tend to be like, well, I say closest Bonds. I wouldn't call Janice like closest Bond as of right now. But like a lot of his closer Bonds in general tend to be with like opposite people. Because like Logan yeah. and him are so different and Virgil and him are so different and Janice and him are so different. But it's kind of fun. It's like that sort of like opposite to track kind of thing. But like I don't even fully subscribe to opposite to track. But like opposites, like it's kind of fun to see people who are so different getting along. Yeah. I mean, heck, Studious I'm... Layman. Mm, Works no, out. No, no. Oh my god, this podcast. We have a lot. Oh my of god, wait, yeah, Virgil and Patton. We literally have that as our like iconography in, in the uh, image. Yeah, version. you and I, you and I work well together. In, oh in yeah, in general, yeah. We're both very Logan-esque. We are. We are very different, except for the ways we are the exact same person. <laughs> yeah. We're, like, different that until we're sense. identical. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Indeed, indeed. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Is that all our questions? Uh, that is all of our questions for today. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, poo-poo-poo-poo. Pee-pee-pee. <laughs> yeah, you know our common catchphrase in the episodes. You too, poo-poo-poo. You know. That thing. <laughs> I think Amy is broken. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but thank you well, guys for the questions. Thanks for the questions. Yes, we're going to be doing another Q&A here in the next four weeks. I think so, just about. Because uh, as, I mean, as we mentioned last time that we did this, after the last Q&A, we did a break for a week, and we're going to do that again as it's going to continue. So there will be a break this next week. This next week there will be no episode. The week after there will be episodes again. Uh, we have three episodes and, and then the next Q and A. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be about. It'll be like around the beginning of November. So if you have questions that come up, feel free to ask. Please share this with your friends. Yes, yeah, share it around. And honestly. We'll be back later. Oh my God. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching. Love y'all. Or listening, or both. All of the above. Bye. Yes. Bye. <laughs>